0: History tells us the early followers of the way would gather in Jerusalem at evening time and they would send one of their own in the chaos of the world, through the chaos of the world, into the empty tomb of Jesus where a candle was lit and was burning in the empty tomb. That early follower would take that candle and bring it back to the place where the first century believers of Jesus would meet to light up that dark room where they would sing songs and recall of their Savior and meet together and pray. This morning, we're going to join in together with that historical moment with those early believers. We're going to experience one of the earliest Christian hymns that we have record of. It's called the Phos Hilaron. It's dated back to 150 A.D., We don't know the music, but we have the words. And this song is one of the songs that the early Jesus followers would sing. So if you could stand in honor of the light of the world. We're going to put the words on the screen to read the Hilaron together. Hail, gladdening light. Let's read it together. Of his pure glory poured, who is the immortal Father, heavenly blessed, holiest of holies, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now we are come to the sun's hour of rest. The lights of evening round us shine. We him the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit divine. Worthiest art thou at all times to be sung with undefiled tongue, son of our God, giver of life alone. Therefore, in all the world, thy glory's Lord, thine own. And when the believers completed their time together, worshiping, praying, they would send the individual back to the empty tomb where they would bring the candle to put it back there. You may be seated. It's an honor to to preach and speak this morning. Um, I always love this opportunity to share my heart with you guys. If you have a Bible with you, open up to the book of Genesis chapter one, whether it's a paper Bible or it's electronic Bible, also open up your Westwood app. You can follow along. We have notes for you guys to follow along. Genesis 1 verse 3 says this, Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. This is the first mention of the word light in the scripture. In the Hebrew, it's ard, which is translated to bring order to chaos. I want you to remember that. To bring order to chaos. Let there be ord, let there be a bringing of order to chaos. God saw that the light was good and God separated the light from the darkness. God called light day and darkness he called night. There was evening and there was morning one day. Turn it to the New Testament, Matthew chapter five. Matthew chapter five. Let me set up the scripture for you. This is uh, Jesus speaking to people who are living in chaos. The setting is 30 AD. The crowds are gathered around him as northern Israel near Capernaum on a hill overlooking the Sea of Galilee. This is the Sermon of the Mount. Literally, it's a translation or a commentary on the Ten Commandments. Jesus had been with these people several days, and then he gets to this section of Scripture, and he says to these people, You are the light of the world. A city situated on a hill cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand and it gives light to all who are in the house in the same way let your light shine before others so they may see your good works and give glory to your father in heaven now let's break down this verse a little bit get out your pens get out your notes jesus said to the people you are the light of the world and they're thinking to themselves us We're slaves to Rome. We're Jews, we're Gentiles, we're poor. We're common people. We're the light of the world? 1 Thessalonians chapter five, verses four through five says this. Paul's writing to the church at Thessalonica. He's writing about Christ's return. He says, but you brothers and sisters are not in the dark for this day to surprise you like a thief, for you are all children of light. And children of the day, we do not belong to the night or the darkness. Jesus is saying to these people, you are the light of this world. And then he says this, world. They were thinking to themselves, all we know is this known world. All we know is the Roman Empire. But Jesus was talking about a greater world. He was talking about generations in the future. He was talking about our world. He was speaking to us about being lights in this world. And it says this, you are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. Now immediately the Jews are thinking to themselves, a city, I know a great city, just 200 miles south of here, Jerusalem. A city that had been conquered and rebuilt and destroyed and rebuilt and destroyed and rebuilt. And these are called tells. And on these tills, they raised the city of Jerusalem up higher and higher and higher. And it was a city on a hill that could not be hidden. It was cooler. It was higher up. It was protected. And it was visible for all the eyes to see. In the middle of the day, the sun would reflect off the limestone. At nighttime the lamps would be shining in the city for all to see. And Jesus said, You are a city on a hill that can't be hidden, just like Jerusalem. And the scripture goes on. He says, This no one lights a lamp, it puts it under a basket, but rather on a lampstand. This word lampstand is the same word that was used in the Holy of Holies for the seven branches of the menorah, the lights. The menorah was the only source of light in the Holy of Holies. And it never went out. So the Jewish ears heard, oh yeah, a lampstand. You are a city on a hill that cannot be hidden. You are a lampstand. Don't put a bucket over it to shelter it. And then it says this, in the same way, let your light shine before others. Everybody say the word let. Let. Let translated is allow allow your light to shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory. Doxa. This is where we get our word doxology from. Doxa. It means to appear, to see. So that others may see your Father in heaven. The what of the morning we're going to put up on the screens here. It's simply this. The light of Jesus can bring eternal order to our temporary chaos. Can we say that together? The light of Jesus can bring eternal order to our temporary chaos. Now, let's talk about the now what of the morning. The now what. The first is this. Here for you, uh, the fill in the blanks. If you love to fill in the blanks, here's your moment. We get to start filling in the blanks. The first is this. Believe in the light. Believe in the light. Well, how do you do that? Will you leave your chaotic world of darkness? Believe in the light and you will leave your chaotic world of darkness. In John 12, this is the last week of Jesus' um, life on earth. He's speaking about his crucifixion. It says in verse 34, Then the crowd replied to him, We have heard from the law that the Messiah will remain forever. So how can you say the Son of Man must be lifted up? Who is the Son of Man? Jesus answered, The The light. The light will be with you only for a little longer. Walk while you still have the light so the darkness doesn't overtake you. The one who walks in darkness does not know where he's going. Like they're bumping around in the dark. While you have the light, believe, there's the word, believe in the light so that you may become children of the light. Believe in the light. This word light is phos in the Greek. That's where we got our language, phos, hileron. He calls us children of light, children of light. You may be watching online this morning or here in this room. And when I read that scripture, you're thinking to yourself, that's me. I'm just like bumping around in the dark. My world is very, very dark. And I'm hurt, and I'm hurting, and I'm hurting others. And I'm tired of it. You're tired of the chaos that surrounded your world and your life. It's called sin, and sin separates us from a holy God. Maybe it's time for you to leave the darkness and believe in the light and let your whole life change. When I was a student pastor, um, we did some fun things. We, we used to go skiing up at Snowshoe in West Virginia, and we take a bunch of kids, and our goal was to take a lot of unchurched kids there. And we'd go up there and ski all day long. And then at night, we'd have a speaker and some music. Um, and then we'd, we'd present the gospel to people. And I remember my, my, actually my boss went with me that week and that year. And my boss had a chance to be with students. And I said, Ricky, who do you want this week? Who do you want a cabin with? What boys? He said, I want the kids who are the, the farthest away from God that you can find. I've got to love this guy. And he spent all week with him, skied with him, hung out with him. The very last night, He was in the cabin with him. He said, fellas, you've heard the message all week and they lived lives of chaos. He said, is it time to believe? Would you like to believe in Jesus the Messiah? And all of them looked at Ricky and said, nope, we don't want to believe. We want to stay right where we are. And so Ricky said, okay, okay. So will you do me a favor? They say sure. He said, will you pray to God with me? They said, we don't, you know, praying's uncomfortable. He said, well, just do your best, just pray, and I want you to pray and tell God why you don't want to believe. (laughs) And so the boys started praying. The first boy gets up there. Uh, God, I don't want to believe because, well, I, and he starts talking. And by the end of his prayer, he goes, God, I want to believe. Next boy. Uh, Jesus, I don't pray much, but, uh, my parents are getting divorced and I'm on drugs and I'm really screwed up. I don't want what I, I want, I want to believe. Can I believe in you? Will you love me? Next boy. Lord, I just heard my two buddies there and I want to believe now. It's never too late for anybody to believe Regardless how chaotic your world is, what you came from this morning, what happened last night, what happened last week, God can change your life. Ricky gave him all Bibles, and he said, I want you to write the date and the time and the place, Snowshoe, West Virginia, because there's going to be times when you're going to doubt that you believed, and you're going to look back on this date in your Bible. I want to encourage you, if you've never done that, get out your Bible. If you remember the time and the date, write that thing down in your Bible. To remind yourself because doubts will come. The gospel of Jesus is this you can go from becoming a child of darkness to a child of light. Jesus' light will reorder your life through reconciliation in Him and justification, spiritual justification, just like the first century followers of Jesus. Believe in the light. Do you want to believe in the light this morning? The second thing is this when it comes to the now what, is to follow the light follow the light. How do you do that? Well, you live in a new spiritual order. You live in a new spiritual order to follow the light. John 8, it says this. Well, before I read it, let me give you a little context. This, is the, uh, this light reference is referring to Jesus, the Messiah. In this section of scripture, they're in the midst of the feast of dedication, which is the festival of lights, which is Hanukkah. A lot of light theme there. So Jesus is leaning into this theme of light. They're celebrating the rededication of the temple. Jesus steps into it. The Jewish rabbi steps up and he says this. He says, I am the light of the world. I am the light. Like beyond these lights that, you're sh- that are shining, that with this festival, like I am, God, I am the light. I am the light of the world. Anyone who follows, there's the word follow, follows me will never walk in darkness, but I will have the light of life. When you follow Jesus, when you believe in him and you get the light of life inside of you, you receive life, eternal life, not just a temporal life, like deep, lasting, eternal life. Yesterday I did a funeral for a dear friend of mine. It's died. And I'm in that church, I'm looking at all these people and I'm thinking, who are they? Do they believe? Do they follow? Are they tired of their chaotic worlds? Are they tired of living this temporal kind of flickered life? You know how it is, people just kind of staring at you and others are just going, tracking along with you, right? But Jesus says, I can give you life. My friend is not on this planet anymore, but she has an amazing life much better than ours right now. She's with Jesus. There are seven I am statements. This is just one of them when Jesus says, I am the light. Jesus said, uh, Follow me 13 times in the scriptures, 13 times. See, Christianity isn't just about praying a prayer, just going back to your life the way it was and not changing. It's about actually following the Messiah and stop following yourself. I mean, I followed myself for a lot of years and I made a mess of my life. But but when I followed Jesus, my life was redirected and was reordered. What does it mean to follow? You may want to write some of these things down. It means to take action, movement, a new focus to keep pace with, to leave your old life, to follow a new spiritual order, to change your steps, to change your choices, your desires, your dreams, to speak and act and react. The result is this, a new spiritual reordering of your life. If you said, "David, I prayed this prayer when I was you know, eight years old and I got baptized, and, 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 but there hasn't been much change in my life because I've just been following me. It's time to follow the Savior, the rabbi. He will reorder your steps and he will change your life. I want to encourage you to leave your old life. Webster's defines light as this, that which makes it possible to see. When Jesus changes your life, You see yourself differently. You see other people differently. You see God differently. I remember when I gave my life to Christ, I started reading this book. I never really got it before I asked God into my life because I didn't have the spirit inside of me. I didn't understand it. I saw the scripture differently. Anybody tracking with me on that? It's like your eyes were just lit up and you're just, the words are popping off the page. You see life differently. Your perspective is differently on so many topical issues in your life, right? So, it's one thing to believe, it's another thing to follow Jesus. And so, the way I put it uh, here in my notes is, to follow Jesus means to delight in the light. (laughs) You like that? To delight in the light. Man, delight in him. He loves you. May you enjoy his love, enjoy his light inside of you. Let it shine. When people leave you, may they go, there's something different about them. There's a peace that I want, there's a joy, there's a life, there's a hope that I want. It's the light, and you walk in step with God. Now, um, when you walk in this faith, it can get very, very exciting, and for some of you, you're new believers, and, and you're just, you just can't wait, you're trying to keep up with the Messiah, right? You can't get close enough to him. But let's be honest, some of you have drifted, and I've drifted in my life throughout my Christian journey, I have. But take heart, you join a lot of people who've done that, including the disciples. Remember Peter? So maybe you feel really beat up, like you're not worthy even to be in this place right now. Or you're not worthy of God's love. God loves you just as you are. He doesn't want to leave you that way. But, it, but you can stop right where you are and kind of pick up the pace a little bit. Right now, right where you are. As a church, we want to help you with that. We have groups that meet on the campus on Sunday, Sunday. We have Wednesday night classes kicking off. We have precepts, amazing Bible study. We have men's and women's groups. We have home groups. We're gonna be meeting in homes. We wanna help you with your walk to follow Jesus. Now, if you're a Jesus follower, here's a great idea. A friend of mine does this. I love this idea. Every time she has her time with God, and she does it in the morning, that's how it works for her schedule, she opens up her Bible and she lights a candle and it's a visual reminder that Jesus is the light of the world and he's gonna open up and enlighten the scripture to her. Isn't that awesome? Maybe i a little more excited about that than you guys but I think it's a great idea. Get out a candle. Get out a candles. as you study the scripture as you dive into that. The reality is a lot of people they start well but they kind of drift. Have you ever heard the term a Christian atheist before? A Christian atheist? This is, I've heard this term before and this is what a Christian atheist is. It's a Christian who says I believe in God but doesn't live like he's a, he exists. I believe in God, but I don't live differently. They suppress the truth, they ignore Christian community, they're surrounded by unbelievers with no gospel conversations. Life looks and sounds just like all of unbelievers. There's no fruit of their lives, there's no fruit of the spirit, and their life is out of order. The most miserable person on this planet, I believe with all my heart, is this, is someone who believes the truth But doesn't follow it. And again, I'm not pointing the fingers. I've been there myself, and it's a miserable place. Maybe you're there this morning. Maybe you're like those disciples. Maybe you're kind of following your own steps, and maybe it's time to return or get closer to the Savior. All right, the third point is this. The third point is this share the light. Share the light. It's one thing to believe in the light. It's nothing to follow the light. But what are you going to do? Are you going to share the light? Are you going to share the light? How do you do this? You let God shine himself through you. The scripture uh, in Matthew 5, 16 says this. Let your light so shine before people. Let. The word is allow. The big question for me every day, every moment in my life is, will I allow Jesus to shine through me? Am I right? He's never going to force himself on us. It's like you give him permission to say, you, you have permission to shine through me, whatever that looks like. I love before the services when the deacons pray for the communicator who's, who's preaching in the morning, and they lay hands on you, and they pray for you, and I told them where I was going this morning, and, and we're praying over this very specific thing that you all would be challenged with this idea that you too can share your light. You don't have to be standing on this stage to shine a light of Jesus. We're going to talk about that a little more. Um, I have a great picture I want to show you. I like to be very authentic, as you guys are learning about me. Here's a picture um, of my eighth grade trip to Washington, D.C. It's back in the 80s. There's some sweet haircuts back there. Um, I, I am in the, the first row. I have the khakis on, the docksiders. Remember the docksiders? Ooh, those docksiders were awesome, right? I have the docksiders on, and I also have a members-only jacket on. So I was looking pretty sharp down there in the bottom. I had the sweet uh, hair going on. My buddy Kent was next to me. And this is Mr. Duvall's eighth grade history class. And we took the trip from Vermont. It actually snowed, like like massive amounts of snow that morning. And we came down to Washington and we had an amazing time. Now, when I was there, my favorite place to go to was Arlington Cemetery. And I remember there was a moment that arrested me. I remember going to John F. Kennedy's gravestone. I mean, this was a powerful moment for you. Anybody been to DC before and seen the, the, the eternal flame burning? So, this flame that's burning is a pretty significant place in DC. It was created in 1963 by John Carl Warnicki. And basically, it's a flame that doesn't go out, it just burns. It just burns and burns and burns. And, and so this, this thing was very memorable because I was looking at this thing, I was thinking to myself, John F. Kennedy was a president. He was known as a president. He was a politician. He did some things with his life, right? And this was soon after I became a Christian. And I was staring at this light thinking, at 13 years old, who am I? What am I gonna do with my life? Some of you are 13 in this room right here. I wanna make my life count. I don't wanna waste my life. That's still a fear of mine. That I'm going to look back on my life and I'm on my deathbed and I'm going to say to myself, I blew it. I missed the opportunity I had. And I'm staring at this light and all my friends are just doing all kinds of things and the pop rocks are in their mouth. <laughs> I remember pop rocks. <laughs> eating their pop rocks and drinking their soda. And I'm looking at this light, just staring at this light going. And I, I remember looking up at the sky I'm like, God, will you take a kid from Vermont and allow me to shine your light beyond my little temporal dimming light? Will you do that? I don't know what that looks like. I don't even know how to do that. I'm gonna allow you to, to share you through me. I don't even know what to say. Will you do that? Now it's interesting. John F. Kennedy, you know his famous words when he when he spoke, ask not what your country can do for you, but but what you can do for your country. Well, but but did you know that right before that, here's a quote. The energy, the faith, the devotion we bring to this endeavor, he said this, will light our country and all who serve it and the glow from which that fire can truly light the world. I have great news. There's a greater doxa glory. There's a greater light that will never go out. That light in the tomb went out that the believers brought back and forth. The temple's not even there anymore. But the light of Jesus will glow this light eventually will go out but there's a greater light to share and to shine but here's the question: will you allow it in your life? I love what the Bible says is um, it says this light this city has been situated in a unique place listen to this scripture here how it says this it says um Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. You are a city on a hill. Situated, it says. Situated. Do you know that you're uniquely situated in a place in your life to influence the world, to share your light like no one can? So I'm, I've been married uh, for a little while. I have two daughters. I have um, an older daughter who's 28. She's married. Uh, she's actually a missionary of Westwood here. Her and her husband, Jack, they met at Auburn. Here's a picture of them up here somewhere. For all you non-Auburn fans, I apologize. This the one I pulled up. Um, they met at Auburn, and uh, they wanted to make their life count. And, uh, and so right now, I can't give you the, the location specifically, but we have sent them to the Middle East. And they're in the Middle East for two years. I haven't seen my daughter in a year. And I sure miss her. But I'm sure proud of her. And they're shining their light. They're saying, we're going to allow our light to shine in this dark place. Where they are, it's like 95% Muslim. They've learned the, the language of the people. My, my son-in-law used to play football at Auburn. And he, he's actually a football coach f- for this national team using his platform to allow God to shine through. My daughter played soccer at Auburn. She uses soccer and, 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 and something uh, and sonography in the, in the health area to shine her light in the Middle East. You don't have to go to the Middle East to shine your light, though. You can shine it at your school. A new school year's kicking off. What are you going to do with it? Right? Monday morning, you go back to work. You've been sitting next to this guy forever and ever. You've never even heard a story. You don't know why he's so grumpy. And you're just angry at him. How about just taking him out sometime and saying, Tell me about your life. And maybe your heart will start breaking instead of being angry at him because you'll realize why he's so grumpy. Allow God to shine his light through you and watch God move in powerful ways. I love the heart of this church with our Lift Initiative. We have Lift Local, Lift Global, and Lift Churches. And our desire is to share the light of Christ in all these ways, locally. What are the needs locally for us? Churches, look at some dying churches to pull in, to plant some new lampstands, new churches in the community and beyond. And global, to go international with this thing. I love the heart of our church for that. I want you to pray about how you can get plugged into that, how you can be part of that. Here's the question. What permits God's light from shining through you? What permits God's light from shining through you? The scripture tells us don't put a basket over a lampstand. Don't put a basket. It's kind of crazy, You think if you have a light, you're not gonna put a basket to cover it, right? Why would anybody do that? What Jesus was referring to is don't hide your light. So here's my question What's hiding your light? This is a tough question. What's hiding your light? Is it religion? Is it busyness? Is it an addiction? Is it fear? Here, here's a tough one. Ready? Is it people pleasing? Is it insecurities? Whew, here's another one. Is it pride? Is it pride? This is what I want you to do. I want you to ask yourself, I want you to get alone sometime this week. Ask yourself, be really honest. And here's a a scarier challenge for you, ready? Get someone in your life, a spouse, a friend, even a stranger, and ask them, what what do you think is hiding my light as a Christian in my life? That's a tough question, especially if you're married, if you're a married person, because you know our spouses are so brutally honest with us. Ask a person, what, what's blocking my light? And then get to a place, okay, I want to take that basket off. I don't want that basket on it anymore. C- can we be honest? Our world's pretty dark, it's chaotic. Would you agree with me, right? I try to stay away from the news because it just turns my stomach and it creates all these emotions and feelings and, and, and I have to remind myself there's a greater kingdom, there's a greater purpose, right? Um, but, but I have to keep up with things that are going on. April, 2023, I was watching uh, the news and I heard news that the mayor of Minneapolis, Minnesota signed into law that the 22 mosques, the Muslim mosques in Minnesota could project their prayers throughout the city publicly. My daughter and my son-in-law hear that every day all throughout the day where they live. But this is America. Why are they doing such a thing? Because they're shining their light. They're serious about shining their light. Are you, are we, going to the dark, 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 dark places? Because others are going to want to shine their little light that goes out. That's what's going on in our world. But David, listen, my world's really dark. There's a lot at stake If I say that at work, I may get in trouble. I'm all alone. No one understands. I wouldn't know where to start. Listen to these two quotes. St. Brown, look at this quote. The darker the darkness, it takes less light to light it. I want you to pray this prayer. Change your prayer, your prayer uh, language here. Say this, God, instead of saying, it's so dark, what do I do? Say, God, thank you for the extreme darkness I'm in right? Because I just put that flicker of light and boom, it lights up everything. Thank God for where he's placed you and shine your light. Here's another great quote for you. Dante said this, a mighty flame follows a tiny spark. A mighty flame follows a tiny spark. What if it's just your little spark that needs to start? right? You know, forest fires, right? When A forest fire just starts with a little campground. It's a family camping, and all of a sudden it just starts, and it spreads, and it spreads, and it spreads. What if it was your little spark that lets something where you work, at home, in your family, in your community, in your school? Have you thought about that? Pray and ask God, God, what does that look like for me? What does that look like for me? As we uh, get ready to land the plane here, Um, I just wanna remind you that um, there is a God who wants to shine his light in and through you, okay? And the big idea of the morning is this. The light of Jesus can bring eternal order to our temporary chaos. The light of Jesus can bring eternal order to our temporary chaos. Our world is in chaos. And this is our generation. God has put you and I on this planet for such a time as this. What are we gonna do with it? We'll be found faithful, I hope so. I ran track at Auburn and one of the things I loved to do was uh, when we went on road trips, I would bring my guitar and my, uh, my coach, one of my assistant coaches who's a believer, he was in charge of jumps and, and throws. He would, he would be the little Bible study leader and I would, I would be the guitar guy. And before, the night before the race, we'd have a Bible study. We'd invite people to it. And throughout the years at Auburn, I, I could just see all these people hearing of the gospel and people giving their life to Christ through that little Bible study. Because I said, God, this is who I am. Can I use this for your doxa, for your glory? It's a window of time, it's short. And God was so faithful. I remember a buddy of mine from Oregon came over and uh, he was a runner, amazing runner, and his life was a wreck. I remember leading him to Christ. I remember baptizing him in the Baptist church we went to at Auburn. I remember just in tears thinking, if you could change a life like that, you could do anything. To this day, we keep in touch with each other. His life is different because the light of Jesus entered into his life. So as I conclude, you may not be a believer and maybe it's time for you to believe and maybe it's in one of the most sincere ways that you've never done before. Maybe you're, you're just tired of the darkness that you're living in And maybe it's time to get some eternal order to your life. And maybe you're just tired of bumping around in the darkness. Or you may be a Christian. And when I said the language of Christian atheist, you got a little uncomfortable. Like, because that's what's going on in your life. It's never too late to come back and to follow Jesus. He's there and he's ready and he's willing. And finally, Uh, As a Christian, um, did you know that you are a phos Hilaron? Did you know that you are a hilarious, gladdening light to the world? And you may want to write that down in your Bibles. I am a Fos Hilaron. What would it look like if you really believe that God uniquely situated you right where you are to shine your light in your dark world? And finally, As a Christian, what's your basket that's covering your light? What's your basket? It's a tough question if you're really honest with yourself, right? But God wants to shine a light on that just for you and help you with that.